podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things rhubarb, beetroot, lobster, chilli peppers, strawberries, whatever you want, anything but football, anything but football today. Liverpool, as expected, decided to sit out deadline day, scratch themselves, and write off this season. No midfielders available, apparently. Marcel Sabitzer, United, got it done in less than a day. Loan move, minimal loan fee, reasonable wages, a quality player who helps. Liverpool sitting on their hands. Chelsea broke the bank to get Enzo Fernandez. Liverpool sat on their hands. Arsenal got Jorginho done in less than a day. Not a signing I would want, but proof that deals could be done. And Liverpool sat on their hands. Now, there's some really poor excuses going around. One being that, oh, they couldn't have signed a non-homegrown player because even an under-21 non-homegrown player would have counted in the Champions League, and that is just a poor excuse. Because Liverpool could have deregistered Adrian for the Champions League. They could have deregistered Adrian for the Premier League. Adrian was told upon re-signing, you're not playing. You're basically a training ground goalkeeper now. And that's what he agreed to do. Would we be any worse off playing Harvey Davies? or Jakob Orzinski than Adrian, I don't think we would be. I really don't think we would be. Think of the last few times you've seen Adrian. Have you been impressed? We could have terminated the loan of Arthur early in the winter, the window. He's played 14 minutes all season. He's taking up a valuable spot in the squad. He's not going to be back for another while. Given that Luis Diaz is not going to be back till March, maybe even later, you could have left him out of the Champions League squad. There were ways and means to manage the squad better. But once again, poor squad management comes back to haunt us. And that again is on Jurgen. It's not on anybody else. It's on him. Because he's the one that's insisted on keeping this squad together for so long. 
we played Crystal Palace four years ago. Ten of the eleven who started are still at the club. Four years ago. And they include multiple, that, that 11 or that 10 rather includes multiple players who should not be at the club right now. They should have been sold or they should have been released when their contracts expired. But they weren't. They were renewed because Jurgen insisted. They were kept beyond the point of being useful because Jurgen insisted. Our captain has another two years left on his contract. He hasn't been good in three years, but Jürgen insisted. Bobby Firmino hasn't been consistently good in three seasons. Three and a half seasons now. He's injury prone. He's aging. He's not nearly as effective anymore. But they're talking to him about a new contract because Jürgen insists. It would be no surprise if they come to terms on an extension with Naby Keita or with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain because Jürgen insists. Now, the justification being given for sitting out January is Jude Bellingham. The justification for not signing anybody last summer after the Chiumeni deal fell through was Jude Bellingham. Totally different type of player to Chiumeni. You wanted Chiumeni, you didn't get him. So instead of signing somebody that fits the same type of profile, you want a totally different type of midfielder. Make it make sense. But now Liverpool are backed into a position where they have to sign Jude Bellingham. Regardless of whether that's the best thing for them or not. Right now, this club needs four midfielders this summer. It needs two right now. Because when you look at the group that we currently have, Thiago's good enough. Naby is good enough. Besetic will be good enough in time. After that? I mean, realistically, right now, we need two starters to go with Thiago. And then if you had Naby, Besetic, Jones, and, say, Fabinho gets a little bit better, then you'd be okay. But that's with two additions now. Come the summer, Naby leaves, Ox leaves. It doesn't look like Fabinho's going to get back to the level he was at. And we know Henderson's finished. So we'll need two more. At least two more. Maybe three more if Fabinho gets sold. That would be five midfielders. But the likelihood is that Fabinho won't get sold. Unless he asks to leave. Because Jürgen has this weird idea that you can't tell players to leave a football club. So, if we don't make Champions League, which at the moment looks likely, 
you're telling me there's going to be a budget for Jude and the others that we need? Not a chance. Not a chance. I don't even see the likelihood of us getting Jude if we don't get Champions League or even having the money to bid for him. So we'll get excuses. Now, not signing Jude isn't the end of the world, but it would be extremely embarrassing for the club. And it would also mean that this season was written off for nothing. There are other alternatives. You could sign Mason Mount, potentially. Mason Mount and Matthias Nunes would cost roughly £100 combined, which would leave money from just the Jude Fund for a third midfielder. But if we sign Jude, there's no way we're getting multiple other midfielders, which means we go into next season short as well having to watch players who can't play try to play. And Jürgen will have insisted on keeping probably Milner. He'll insist on continuing to play Henderson. And we'll struggle again. And likely miss top four again. And then you're going to look at the squad and you're going to see Mo pushing 33, Virgil will be 33, pushing 34. You'll see Thiago leaving, in all likelihood. And you're going to need even more. And this is the problem with the short-term thinking that's been very much a part of Liverpool's makeup for the last few years. You see, when we didn't sign the players we needed after winning the Champions League, and everybody thought that winning the league title justified not signing anybody. What you were actually doing is you were shortening the shelf life of this squad. And with the talent that we've had over the last five years, a league title in the Champions League, great as they are, that's underachieving. This squad should have won more. Michael Edwards built a squad that should have won more. It's quite bleak. It is quite bleak. And the idea that Jude walks in and fixes everything is is quite foolish. You're going to put all of that on a 20-year-old? fix everything that's wrong with this team. Some of it can't be fixed by players. Some of it needs to be fixed by the manager. The tactical decisions have been appalling this season. That needs to change. Physically, the squad looks absolutely goosed. They're picking up more and more injuries. I think Simon Brundish said something like 17 hamstring injuries in the last was it nine months something like that you'll have seen the number going around on social media yesterday a bunch of people stole it without giving Simon credit so there's obviously an issue on the medical side of things as well and that's where little Jürgen Andreas Kornmeier 
comes in. Simon Hughes' piece in The Athletic a while back did not make particularly good reading if you were looking for a defence of Little Jürgen or of Big Jürgen. Didn't make him look particularly good either. Something's rotten within the club at the moment. And when we consider that there were three main figures in building the squad that won the European Cup and the league title. Michael Edwards, gone. Ian Graham, going. And Jurgen Klopp. And now Klopp has all the power. Now Klopp has all the say. And that's not ideal. When Klopp took over, he spoke about the importance of him just being the coach and having a sporting director, having a team that look after recruitment for him. Now he looks after it, or he has more say in it. Julian Ward's going. The Echo tells us that the process of looking for replacement hasn't even begun. Now, I don't believe that, and I certainly wouldn't believe it because of the... the the journalist behind the story, but it doesn't. It doesn't read well. Nothing going on at the club right now reads well. Preseason clearly something went wrong. There's clearly some sort of I don't I don't want to say attitude problem, but there's clearly some something wrong with the squad where the desire they've previously had isn't there. Then they had the six-week break for the World Cup, an opportunity to reset, retool. Didn't happen. Came back from the World Cup break looking worse than they had going into the World Cup break. And this team does not look like a team that's capable of running off a string of good results. We haven't been unlucky this season. We're not 10th by bad fortune. We're 10th because we've been garbage. Look at the performances this season. Like, how many good league performances have we actually had? We started off the season away to Fulham. We were dreadful. We were awful at home to Palace. We were awful away to United. We played well against Bournemouth, but Bournemouth were awful. They made it very easy for us, but we were we were good that day. So there's one. We weren't good against Newcastle. We were awful against Everton. We were poor at home to Brighton. We were awful away to Arsenal. We played really well at home to City. We weren't particularly good against West Ham. We were awful against Forest, awful against Leeds. We were good for an hour against Spurs. We were okay against Southampton, but just okay. We weren't good against Villa. We had moments where we, we looked good, but they missed a bunch of setters. We were dreadful against Leicester. Dreadful against Brentford. Pathetic against Brighton. And we weren't good against Chelsea. That's three good performances in the league. Three. Bournemouth. 
City Spurs away. And even the Spurs away, the last half hour was ropey. Now, if you want to say West Ham, fair enough. If you think we played well against West Ham, fair enough. That's four. But the last half hour was awful, regardless of what way you want to look at it. The last half hour was dreadful. So we'd have four, two of which weren't full games. That's from 19 league games. We've won eight and lost six in the league this season. That's completely unacceptable. In the FA Cup, we were poor at home to Wolves. We were okay away, but we weren't good. And we were fairly poor against Brighton. In the EFL Cup, team of kids against Derby doesn't count. We were poor away to City. In the Champions League, we were dreadful against Napoli. In fairness, I thought about this last night after saying it to Carol. We actually played well against Ajax at home, so I'll take that one. That's that's five for the season. We weren't good at home to Rangers. They were just crap. But we were good away to Rangers, so there's six. We were good away to Ajax, and we were very good at home to Napoli. So there's eight good performances this season. From eight, 11, from 30 games. Eight. And if you want to count the Charity Shield, fair enough. There's nine from 31 games. Nine times in the 31 we've played well this season. And a couple of them weren't the full 90. That's not acceptable at all. You look at the games we've got coming up, Wolves away, that's going to be tough. Everton at home, Sean Dyche, new manager bounce. Newcastle away, seems horrible. Crystal Palace away, we should win that game. They're fairly poor this season. Then United at home. Bournemouth away, they've just improved their squad substantially. Fulham home. City away, Arsenal home, Leeds away, Forest home, West Ham away. Like, there's a few games here you'd expect us to win, but I'm not seeing a string of results there. Like, I don't expect us to beat Newcastle. I don't think I expect us to beat United at the moment. Certainly don't expect us to beat City or Arsenal. Got Real Madrid in the Champions League. Don't expect us to beat them. Very hard to see us beating them. Very, very hard. So, um, all in all, uh, an absolute disaster of a season. We sit ninth. And even if we get top four, this is this is not going to be a success. This is not something that should be cheered if we finish fourth, given the calibre of players we have in our squad. If we finish fourth, that's still failure. The only thing that makes this season a success is winning the Champions League. Would anybody bet their hard-earned money that we'll win the Champions League this year? There's loads of stuff on This Is Anfield and Liverpool.com. And on Anfield Index, there is a piece 
entitled Klopp's Defense of Gapo Long-Term Future Hint. Uh, that piece was written by David Davis. There is also uh, January Transfer Window Deepening the Mystery of LFC Current Shortcomings. This piece also written by David Davis. So you've got those two. There is a new podcast up. There's a new Under Pressure where the lads look at hamstrings. They look at relegation form. They look at the current mid-block. They look at us being at rock bottom or can it get worse over the next... Oh, have the last 20 games been as bad as it gets or will it get worse? And where do we go from here? That is Dan Kennett, Daniel Rhodes, Phil Barter and Simon Brundish. So do give that one a listen. Uh, There's also a scouted out where myself and Carl looked at potential sporting director options. So give that a listen as well. And if you're in the mood for something non-football related, there is a Buzz podcast out. Myself and Trev Downey having a chat about JFK the movie, the Oliver Stone classic, Kevin Costner, the highs and lows of his career, that amazing run he had from the late 80s up to like 94 when Wyatt Earp was a first misstep. And then Waterworld and The Postman massively damaged his career. We had a bit of a chat about some other 90s movies, a bit of a chat about Mel Gibson as well in there. It's a very nice non-football related discussion. And to give you a little peek behind the curtain, before we started recording that, we spent no less than 20 minutes discussing how we could possibly do our podcasts between now and the end of the season without talking about Liverpool. And the best idea I could come up with was that this would be a podcast about things that were read and not about Liverpool. And I asked Eddie and Eddie laughed at me, just flat out laughed. Didn't give me an answer, just flat out laughed at me. Disrespectful. But uh, yeah, listen, this is where we are. So just fucking enjoy it. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.